movie marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm joined by film critic Audrey Fox, who is the assistant editor of Jump Cut Online, and we are reviewing the film Mayday. Audrey, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Uh, good. Thanks for having me doing pretty well yeah thank you so much for joining me i, I know it's a, a busy time so we'll, we'll keep it quick but how's your festival going so far it's been good um surprisingly seamless with the sundance online interface so that's been awesome but definitely very busy yeah i think it's really easy to like criticize but i thought i think overall they've done a really phenomenal job i'm really impressed but Let's go ahead and get straight into it. Uh, just as a reminder, every Sundance 5K series episode will be completely spoiler-free, and today we are talking about Mayday. So first, a quick synopsis. Anna is transported to a dreamlike and dangerous land where she joins an army of girls engaged in a never-ending war along a rugged coast. Though she finds strength in this exhilarating world, she comes to realize that she's not the killer they want her to be. Mayday stars Grace Van Patten and Mia Goth, it's written and directed by Karen Sionari. So, Audrey, I know that you saw this film a couple days ago because you got to interview the director. Um, I'm coming straight off of watching it, and I will be candid and say that it's a very confusing film. Uh, there's a lot to think about. It's, there's a lot going on. And so I'm still trying to process what exactly I saw. But now that you've had a couple days to sit on it, what are your overall thoughts on Mayday? Yeah, uh, first of all, I can totally see that. It's a very kind of abstract and allegorical film. Um, I think it leans into a lot of um, mythology with, you know, kind of the myth of the sirens, um, mm. which uh, I, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but, you know, the the, the girls who are engaged in the, the never-ending war um, have that vibe, that, that, you know, that siren-y vibe. But I think it's just a really um, interesting commentary on how women engage in a world that is kind of overtly or covertly hostile to them. Like the idea of being in a never ending war is, you know, I, I can see that I can get that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I think it's all about how you find peace in that. Like, is it is winning the war what brings peace or is you finding a way to kind of, you know, engage differently in the world, um, a way to find peace. So, yeah. So we'll try and be as spoiler free as possible, but if a couple of spoilers slip, I'm, it's fine. Um, so I, I just want to ask you, like, is your interpretation that all of this is like a purgatory esque place or a, a kind of hallucination sort of thing? I, I think the film indicates certain things here and there, but it doesn't like firmly come and say, hey, this is exactly what's happening. And I think that's something to know going in mind or going into it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a fantasy. Um, and, and so I don't know that it's rooted in, in that strict idea of reality where um, it can be explained in, in really concrete terms. I think okay. it's kind of however <laughs> you perceive it is... Um, is what it is. Um, I, I also definitely got like Peter Pan Narnia vibes yeah. in terms of this, like, okay, we're off in this other world and it, you know, it could be a real place or it could be a hallucination or it could be, you know, imagination. It could be a lot of different things. So that's, that's sort of how I interpreted it too. Um, 
The things that I really liked about the film were just the vibe. And that's kind of like a nothing term, I understand. So it's not necessarily the best praise or criticism in, or, or anything, but like just the feeling of the film, the way it looks, the cinematography, the score, the way that the women play around with each other on the island, all of that I really enjoyed. And I thought that that was like, it was a very fun film to be in for what I would say is probably like maybe an hour. And then I guess what, where it started to lose me a little bit was that sense of understanding what was going on. And for me, I felt like I didn't have the stakes to quite understand what was at stake for these women. And I, and I think like maybe connecting more to the more abstract struggle makes that less of an issue. But for me, I just found that I was sort of waiting for there to be an explanation and there never was. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that kind of happens when the film switches from just sort of this abstract kind of nothing space where it could be anything to when it does try to, you know, reach a climax and yeah. it, it, it is trying to be more concrete because then it's like, the is the world building, you know, has that been done uh, well enough so that this all kind of has a payoff at the end of it? Um, I could I could see that. It just sort of felt that like, I didn't really know what was happening at any given moment. So like when you're saying, as you're saying, they kind of go to, for this climax, I was like, Okay, I don't I don't know what happens if they fail here. I don't really know what happens if they succeed here. And when they face the obstacles in that climax, I was like, I don't really know what this means in context of the larger world or these characters. And for that matter, while I liked each of the characters, I wasn't quite convinced of all of their in individual relationships with each other. All of that just felt a little bit um hand-waved away, I think, to be more of kind of this abstract representation of what's going on. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think this is going to be one of those films that is going to take a little bit of rumination to really let it settle because um, I think the the best way for me to approach it was in that very like allegorical, you know, fable, mythical space mm -hmm. where, you know, things don't always make sense and it, it's... I'm making like weird <laughs> abstract hand gestures, but <laughs> it's it's just this, you know, amorphous space. Um, I think that is the most satisfying way to interact with the film because I think if you are trying to interact with it in a more strict Plot rules of reality, yeah, yeah narrative um, focus, I, I think it it will maybe be be disappointing a little bit because it doesn't have all those answers. But I think if you're just kind of along for the ride and and not necessarily looking for answers then i think it's a it's a cool experience like it's a it's a really interesting space to be in definitely i think that's a really good way to put it is it is a very interesting space to be in did you get to watch the film more than once before you interviewed um karen no no i watched okay. it like an hour i finished it about an hour before i interviewed her and i only watched it once so it was one of those wow. Like, okay, scribbling questions while I'm watching it type type situations. Yeah, okay. Because I feel like about halfway through the movie, I was like, damn, I really should have paid more attention to the first 10 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and And there's quite a few films at this festival that are like that, where it's like, you really need to be paying attention all the time, which is, of course, not the easiest thing to do when it's 3 p.m. in your house. Um, but like, 
I guess that would be something that I would recommend to listeners if like when they're going into this movie is to pay very good attention to the stuff that happens before she gets to the island. Because there was a couple things that I believe I would have appreciated more had I focused more on what the film was kind of setting up at the very beginning. Yeah. And I think it's probably also a good idea to be maybe not in a festival headspace when you watch it. Like, Mm. I think this is a movie that benefits from you having time to devote to it. And, you know, when we're at a festival, it's it's a lot of films, you know, in a short period of time, and it's hard to get into that space sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think if you can clear your evening schedule and watch this, then I think you'll get more out of it than if you're trying to watch it with a bunch of other movies. So basically the exact opposite of what I did. Like, <laughs> Well, what everyone did when they were watching it at yeah. Sundance. I think <laughs> but, it's... But not everybody hopped onto a mic right afterwards, so maybe I should have uh, <laughs> let it ruminate for a little bit. No. <laughs> Do you, did you notice that your opinion changed at all from like right afterwards after you versus, you know, maybe hearing Karen talk about it or letting it sit for a couple of days? Yeah, I think I I got more comfortable, you know, experiencing it after I'd, I'd let it sit for a little while. I had some ideas because I think it does have a very clear point of view and I think it has really obvious things that it's trying to do. So I think I understood it in terms of its, its, you know, what it was going for. Um, but yeah, after hearing her talk a little bit more about it and, and having a few days to ruminate, I definitely, I, I like it a lot. And I, I, I want to watch it again because I want to go back from the beginning and experiencing it, um, like having more of a context in my mind. Was there any one specific thing that like Karen said that was particularly enlightening or helped you kind of crack the code or anything like that? Like what was the juiciest bit that you got from her? Well, we, I think the thing that I thought was really interesting, this is just a personal thing. I was, I loved that she used old tech in this movie. Like it's, it's World War II era kind of radios and, 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 you know, things like that. And so I I was really fascinated by her choice to use that. And I asked her about it and she said that she was interested in that because World War II feels like the time when women were kind of engaging in, mm-hmm. you know, like working and, and, you know, going to war and, and things like that. So it felt right for the story for it to kind of harken back to that time period when women were really given a lot of agency for one of the first times on a, you know, general wide, right. wide level. Yeah, that's cool. I, I really like the World War II aesthetic in this film too. And it, it almost feels like it's not quite steampunky, but it's kind of steampunky in the sense that you've got this like old tech and then this fantasy-esque uh, setting. It's it's a really fun sit is I think what, what I'm going for. I just sort of wish it did just a little more focusing uh, at the end to kind of like bring it all together. But um, did you have like a favorite part of the film? I really liked the sequences, this, the, the May Day sequences. I thought those were really fascinating to watch um just their their added their cold attitude towards yes. it especially mia goth who i think is incredible in this in this movie um i liked that a lot it was fun not in a vengeful way but like it was yeah. cool to watch <laughs> well it gave me um sort of promising young woman vibes in that sense and then it also like the repeating of the mary alpha uh yankee thing reminded me a lot of never rarely sometimes always 
which had mm. that same thing where they just repeated the the title over and over again. And the guy in this is that definitely the guy from Never Really Sometimes Always, the guy on the bus that they meet in New York. So I yep. thought that was a nice little Sundance callback. That guy's getting himself quite the Sundance resume. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. I, I liked that. And I like where this film sits within that new burgeoning genre of mm -hmm. female revenge films. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good vague way to put it. it it's definitely somewhere in that realm. Um, Certainly not in the same place as Promising Young Woman, though. So, like, no. <laughs> yeah, very, very different films. Well, so to close us out, Audrey, since we're the Movie Marathoners podcast here, I'm asking dumb running questions, and I don't know if they're a success whatsoever, but I'm going to keep doing it until somebody tells me to stop. So if you had to run a marathon, who are you bringing as your running buddy? Are you going to bring Bia or Gert? Hmm. I liked Bia. I think I would go Bia. She felt like she had... um. <laughs> she so was, bubbly. She was, she was bubbly. She was thinking things through. She was good on her feet, I think. Um, yeah, I go Bia. Yeah, that's who I'm going with too. Bia, she was so charming. Uh, she was fun. And she, she gave like sort of like a youthful energy to to the core women in the film that I thought was was needed to kind of keep it a little lighter than it might otherwise be. So Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Audrey, for joining me. Um, where can people find your work online? Um, I'm all over the place. Uh, you can find a lot of my stuff on Gem Cut Online. Um, I also will have a bunch of Sundance reviews at um, We Live Entertainment, um, Crooked Marquee, places like that. And I'm on Twitter at the Audrey Fox. So awesome. that is me. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. This has been a Movie Marathoner's Sundance 5K series episode reviewing May Day. Be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage. You can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and remember that life's a marathon, so let's take it one movie at a time. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover, Sleepover Cinema. Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.